everybody. Welcome to Name Drop San Diego. You're about to hear from a 2020 WNBA champion. On this show, we talk to interesting San Diegans and Gary Kloppenberg, who just coached the Seattle Storm to a WNBA title this year, definitely has some cool ties to San Diego. And going back further than that, his dad, Bob Kloppenberg, was a basketball coach at California Western University, which used to exist here in San Diego. He was known as a defensive guru who went on to be an assistant coach for many NBA teams and developed the famous SOS pressure defense, which we'll talk about on this episode. His son, Gary, has coached for multiple teams in the WNBA and NBA, and this year he was promoted from assistant coach to head coach for the Seattle Storm when the regular head coach decided to sit out the season for medical concerns related to COVID-19. The WNBA was able to function during the pandemic in what was called a bubble system of protocols and on-site restricted living in Florida. We talked to Coach Kloppenberg just about a week after becoming a champion. Here's our interview with Gary Kloppenberg. Um, we have some questions just to like make sure we have your sort of story um, straight. So you went to La Jolla High School, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, what years was that? Uh, I think... Man, that's so long ago. Uh, I graduated in 71, so 71. Okay. 68 to 71, I think it was, yeah. So. Okay. So did you grow up uh, mostly in La Jolla then? I did, yeah, San Diego. Um, Claremont, my family moved over to La Jolla, I think, when I was in junior high. So pretty much, yeah, La Jolla. Um, then I um, kind of bounced around. I actually came back. I went to UC San Diego, so I, I graduated from there, so. Okay, yeah. So these are the years that we have uh, via Wikipedia. So you always have to double check this stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, Feather River College from 72 to 74. Okay. And then 75 to 76 playing abroad in England and the Netherlands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's about right. <laughs> have you ever seen your Wikipedia page? Uh, no, I guess I better <laughs> check on it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's got it pretty right. Uh, and then UCSD 78 to 81. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So you started coaching straight out of college at, at community colleges here in California. Is that right? Yeah, I did. I um, kind of got got into it uh, at my the junior college that I played played at. I know and I knew the coach and he wanted me to come on, come on board and help him. So I kind of got got started at that level at the junior college level in uh, Northern California and and, and just kind of I don't even want to count how long I've been coaching now, but that's that's where I started junior college, and then, you know, I coached several years at Alaskan, up in uh, Susanville. So, yeah, pretty strong roots in California, junior college, community colleges. Yeah. How did you know you wanted to be a coach? You know, I I I don't know if I really knew it I, in, until I stopped. Um, you know. Because I, I figured I could just keep playing for a long time, you know, and then when you get near the end of, of those days then you, you know, you still want to compete. And so I just naturally got into coaching. And, you know, my dad, uh, I mean, I grew up around it. So, you know, I did, uh, did all his videos, you know, he did a lot of uh, defensive uh, videos and, and back, you know, magazine articles. So I was always the demonstrator for those. So I had a pretty good foundation on the fundamentals. So it was kind of a natural progression to get into uh, coaching, you know? 
That's really interesting because I know he's known as, you know, the defensive guru. So it seems like that you there's no way you wouldn't have just picked that up through osmosis, having worked with him on some of his sort of. Yeah, I mean, I kind of early, you know, his early days, um, he had started to build that a defensive system, you know, and at Cal Western, his teams were, you know, well known for just being hard nosed defensive teams. That was back in the days when you know, they wanted to try to keep the, the score in the 30s, you know, it was uh, pre-early uh, offense. So I remember reading an article that he wrote, um, maybe it was back in the 70s about how their goal was to hold teams to 35 or 36 points. So, you know, now, you know, it's kind of, kind of funny to think back. Uh, but in those days without a shot clock, you know, it was, it was uh, just a different, a different era of, uh, basketball so you had that kind of uh, mindset that came from you know Henry Iba and all those old old school defensive guys I think my dad you know he followed kind of the footsteps of those guys developing his system and then it just it's kind of you know it's developed you know he developed that system through the years and it's carried on with a lot of different a lot of different coaches that have adapted it and used it in their systems including you know, to some extent, what we do with the Seattle Storm. So, you know, it's been in kind of a tried and true system that he, he developed back in the early days at Cal Western, really. That's really cool for those of our listeners who don't know. Cal Western was the university on the campus, which is now Point Loma Nazarene University. Um, but we wanted to ask, you know, how much of your, you know, dad's coaching style have you kind of picked up on and how much of it, you know, how are you guys different? Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I really know that system, ins and outs of, of, of everything, you know, really from, because I, you know, grew up with it. We, I went with, with my dad several times overseas to do clinics. I mean, we, we, all over the world, we did, you know, defensive clinics with the SOS system. So I, I really know it, you know, inside and out. And, and I think I, with the storm, we really tried to, um, adapt and, and use a lot of the concepts and, and adapt it to, you know, the women's pro game. And I think, um, you know, though it's not exact, I think you take what fits with your team and your personnel from, you know, what you've learned. And I think that's what we've, we've tried to do with, uh, with the storm, um, you know, the, to, to build a, a good defensive system. So, but probably not exactly how it's written you know, in the SOS Bible, but I, I think a lot of the um, concepts and the general philosophy um, that we, we drew from, from the SOS Pressure D system. I want to apologize because uh, to you and our listeners, because I have some landscaping happening outside and there's just going to be nothing I can do about that. So um, sorry. But I, I'm wondering, like, what do you see as some of the necessary personality traits to be a coach? When you talk to people about going into coaching, what is it that you need to be an effective coach? No, I think you, you first of all, you need to, you know, you need a, to be able to work with people and be flexible. You know, you, you, everybody's different. I mean, you motivate players uh, at all different levels kind of in different ways. So I think you have to be adaptable, you have to be flexible, uh, be empathetic to what's going on with your players because ultimately, you know, they're, they have lives and, you know, going through the difficulties that we all do. So I think you have to have that, you know, that 
that side of it is really, really important to be able to communicate, you know, to, to you know, with your players, understand what's going on with him. And then I think, you know, ha uh, having a good, solid philosophical foundation of how you want to play, you know, that players, that they'll buy into, you know, and I think that's on both sides of the ball defensively and, uh, and offensively. Then you, I think if you have that and you, you teach, Teachers uh, teach those systems in, in a, you know, a, a very competitive uh, way that players really buy into. That that's when you can put together just a, you know an outstanding team. And then obviously, you know, it depends on the level of player that you have that that they can execute uh, those systems that you want to teach. But those are probably some of the key characteristics I think. Um, Coach, you know, I've, you know, I've been at it a long time. At pretty much every different level, from the NBA to WNBA, college, uh, coach overseas. You know, coach um, in Venezuela one year. So I've kind of the CBA. Uh, so I think you, you draw from all of those experiences and try to, um, and, and from the coaches that you've worked with, you know, take take um, you gain a lot of knowledge just from being around other really good high-level coaches, seeing what, what can work, you know, what may not work, and then try to, in, you know, try to incorporate it into your own uh, coaching uh, style. Yeah, I think this is kind of the big topic of discussion this year. I saw something about the WNBA, um, the, the support from viewers was up this year, you know, more, more of an audience than it's had in previous years. Um, having been both in the NBA and the WNBA, what would you say are some of the key differences and which do you like more? I mean, I've really, <clears throat> I've coached in the WNBA for, I don't know, several years, different teams. And in the thing that the, the most um, kind of, I think rewarding thing about coaching the women is they, they're just very, very coachable and you don't have a lot of selfish agendas. You know, sometimes you have, with the NBA, you know, because of the high, the money and the, you know, tremendous publicity and hype that goes along with it, you know, it's not, it's not as pure of a game, but I found with the women, the women's game, especially at the pro level, um, you know, you don't, obviously it's, it's their living, you know, and they, and the women make, can make pretty good money if they play year round, they have to go overseas to do that, but um, they're just, you know, their, their um, conscientiousness, uh, their, their ability to develop a chemistry with their team and that we really want to develop that unselfish chemistry. I think to me, that's, that's the difference. Uh, not that the guys don't either, they wanna win. It just, there's a lot more um, agenda, personal agendas involved, I think, with the guys, just because, you know, you're talking about, you know, the money that, you know, in some ways can creep in there and corrupt uh, situation, but um, you know that, that's that's why I think it, it, for me it's just been really enjoyable, you know, to, to coach uh, the WNBA. You know, and the, the women. I mean, honestly, the skill level. Um, you know, I mean, I coach in the NBA. The, the, what the women can do skill wise is really on par and equal, equal to the men. I mean, obviously, you don't have the the dunking and the high flying. Um, that the men do, but as far as the shooting, the, the ball skill, ball handling, passing, um, you know, defensive ability. I mean, to me, 
you know, the skill set is really, they're really on par with the men and women, you know, taking out that obviously the uh, athleticism and power, obviously the men's game, the powerful game, women's game is a lot more, um, to me, very fundamental, a lot more, very, very emphasis on fundamentals just because of, of uh, the nest, the need for it, you know, and I think it's, is it always interesting, like, to see the old coaches, I know my dad and, and you know, I know Tex Winter when he was alive and all of those kind of old uh, old school coaches just love the women's game because it reminds them of back, you know, when kind of basketball was developing back in the 50s and 60s at the college level where fundamentals were so, um, you know, so important. That's so I think that you, you see that, you see that a lot in the women's game nowadays. You've criticized uh, leg legacy sports uh, columnists for not giving the WNBA the coverage that they deserve. What are those columnists missing? Who, and what who was, that? <laughs> who was that? I think it was. I probably criticized a lot of people. I yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was you, but I'm wondering, you know, what uh, what are they what are they missing, and what do you wish the coverage looked like? Yeah, and I, I think you know, you, you, let's be let's be honest. I mean, the, the media uh, companies, you know, um, that the major media sports media companies are run by guys you know old old white guys and so you know you a lot of times you see you really don't see um well i think you know I, the one stat i read and I don't, it's probably close to being true is that you know they don't espn really only has a, the women's coverage on about four percent of the time you know and you have some major league you know you have a soccer uh, basketball, um, softball, you have some high level professional women players that really aren't getting that much coverage. And I think that needs to change, you know, and I, I think it's probably a reflection, you know, partly of the just societal views. I mean, honestly, women aren't paid as much. They're, they're not valued as much in the workplace. And I think that filters down. I think you see that, um, that filters down into the um, media coverage. Yeah, you'll you'll get no disagreement from us on that uh, subject. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know you've been on the you know on the front line, yeah. so you know. Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's, it's obvious, you know. I always try and retweet the WNBA stuff as much as I do the NBA stuff. So yeah, I just think you know you you just um, it, it's to me more of a you know it's, uh, it's kind of reflection of the society's um treatment of women you know i just think that you know you see they don't the wage gap you know the, the ability to um to rise i mean the see you know the number of see women ceos is, is far less than men so you see it in every at every um just every level really every every business and um i think that's probably reflected as well in our in our game do you see that improving at all in women's sports? I mean, I think more, honestly, I mean, the more women that we can get into positions of uh, leadership and power, I think that, that it'll change. I mean, honestly, to be honest with you, if, if, if women um, were leading the world right now, we'd be in a lot better space. If you look around and how screwed up these old, guy, old guys around the world, I'm not talking about just our country, but Worldwide, I think if you had a lot more women in, in positions of power and leadership, I think, uh, I honestly believe 
uh, th life would be uh, a hell of a lot better, not only for in the sports world, but just in, in the world in general, you know? Agree. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll you'll yeah. get no disagreement from us on that uh, subject. <laughs> well, so we wanted to follow up with, so we, you know, we were doing a lot of reading up on you before we got uh, into this and the Seattle Times described, uh, characterized you as being highly complimented by your players, which I think is the ultimate compliment if your players feel like, you know, they have your support and that they're, um, what they care about is understood by the coaching staff. I think that's huge. And so, you know, one of those issues has been the push for racial equity and racial justice. And we've seen the WNBA step up in a major way. And, and, and that, and they've said that about you too, as your players, you know, recognizing that you're supportive of that movement as well. So what has that been like for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, fully 110%. Um, our league, to me, uh, our league this year was, uh, you know, like a, a lighthouse, a lighthouse in the world. You know, you just don't know how many millions of people that um, our league and our team were able to, um, to, to be a voice for, you know? And I think um, they, they understand their, their platform, you know, that they have this platform that they can help, you know, advance social justice, racial justice, uh, justice, for all people, humanitarian justice worldwide. And I think um, they, they took that, they took on that mantle. And I think, um, you know, to, to a coach in our league, to a staff member, everybody was 100% behind the, the, the message. We, you know, we, we, need, we need it. I mean, we're at a crossroads. You know, we're at a crossroads in our country. We're at a crossroads worldwide with all the issues that are happening. Um, and, and it's, you know, we're, Honestly, you know, we're at a, you, you can't, you can't wait. You can't wait any longer. There's just too many critical issues that have to be addressed and, and move and move forward. You know, it's just been too long when you look at, you know, everything that's happening with, from climate change to racial justice, uh, to sexual justice for to equality for everybody. I mean, it's just, um, you know, it, there's a lot of people fighting it, but you know, at some point, it's a it's a wave of, of young, especially young people, I think, have to lead the way. Uh, and I think you're seeing, we're seeing that more and more. You know, that young people realize, hey, I've got a stake in the future for myself and my children that are that I'm going to have. And I think that's what we're seeing um, right now in in the, in the USA and in some extent worldwide. You know? Yeah, long overdue. Yeah, and and we should mention about your team. I can't believe we haven't done this yet, but congratulations on winning the <laughs> WNBA this year. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it was such a great team. I mean, they were just, um, you know, the epitome of what you would, you would envision for a team. Uh, just unselfish. Nobody cared if, about any of the individual accolades. Uh, from from the from our best player on down to our our. 12 player, um, they were just so united and uh, focused. Um, you know, it was just a, you know, a godsend for me to be able to, to coach, a, to be able to coach a team of players like that, that were just, uh, you know, an example of what you, you would want a team to be. And not only were they great, great skilled basketball players, but they were just, uh, you know, 
people, just highly advanced people, I, I think, you know, our team was. And, and I would say that about our league as well, just as a, you know, as a group, as a leadership group in the world, um, I think they, they um, you know, they showed, you know, what, what you can do um, on, a, on a world stage to try to advance uh, not only the basketball, a high level of basketball, but just, um, you know, uh, advanced advancement of justice for the human race or worldwide. So speaking, you already talked about how the women, you know, have the sort of skill set and the same, you know, the same qualities that men have that make basketball such an amazing game. What were some of the key factors in this Seattle Storm team and being so successful, especially in the postseason? Like what specifically about them? I mean, yeah, we, we just had, you know, we had some really, really high level players, obviously Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird just was playing um, like she was a young, young gun again. I mean, she was amazing. And then, you know, we had an outstanding Jewel Lloyd, another one who just stepped up late that down the season was just unstoppable. She had some games that just, um, you know, were Kobe-like, honestly. And that was her, you know, that was her mentor. And I think, you know, she got into a Kobe zone a few times where it just, unbelievable um, scoring and just playmaking ability. And then, you know, Natasha Howard, uh, Alicia Clark, just a tremendous defensive player kind of anchored our team and an excellent supporting cast, you know, coming in off the bench, we really didn't drop off a lot. I mean, we just, it was just the chemistry of this team was, uh, was really incredible. And just their, I mean, they're just their basketball IQ, their knowledge of, you know, um, systems and, and what they wanted to do. I mean, it was really, you know, honestly, for me, it was, hey, just don't screw these guys up. Keep them, in, keep everybody positive, you know, have a good game plan, um, you know, of how we want to how, how we want to play each game, uh, both offensively and defensively. And then, hey, just let, let, them, let them get rolling, you know. So I tried to do that, you know, sometimes – Less is more, and this was one of those teams where, hey, don't screw them up by trying to overcoach them, you know? <laughs> I've been so curious about life in the wobble. Like, what happened there? What were you eating? What were the inter like, most interesting things that, that went on while you were there? Yeah. I mean, it was pretty incredible. I, and I, the league just did an outstanding job of getting, getting us through into it and through it. I mean, it really was... I think a really good example of how you could approach something like what we're going through um, with this historical pandemic and try to attack it and, and beat it. And I think we did that. You know, we, everybody, I mean, we, we had, um, you know, some privileges, obviously, because we were getting tested every day for, for COVID. Um, the protocols, everybody, you know, in the, ho the hotel players, we all, uh, most of the staff stayed in a hotel and then we had some, you know, different condos that were around on the campus of IMG that the players lived in. But, um, you know, everybody followed the protocol wearing masks in, um, in the hotel. Um, you know, it was, uh, I think everybody took it so seriously and really was so conscientious about following the protocols. I think that's why it was so successful. And, you know, they, I think IMG, Academy just did an outstanding job. I mean, they had, you know, they had served three meals a day, really high, really good food. They had a really good couple of really good chefs there that 
you know, the, the players would put a menu in and they'd follow that for a couple of weeks and then they'd change it. But um, they just did a really, really outstanding job of, of pulling it off down there. It's a really outstanding, you know, just a tremendous collaboration between the league, you know, the players, the IMG Academy who, you know, want, wanted it on their campus. And um, it was, I think, just very, very, very successful. You know, we missed having the fans in there, but I think, you know, we, the, I think, um, we, you know, it was um, really wide, much more widespread television audience this year than, than we've ever had with a lot of different outlets participating, you know, Facebook, Twitter. So, you know, I know it was people worldwide were able to enjoy the games this year. Yeah, it sounds like it was really well done. Did you get stir crazy at all? I think Abby was telling me she saw a picture of like some players fishing because like what else would you be doing out there? <laughs> you know? Yeah, there was a, yeah, I mean they had a couple some ponds around. So I see saw some players out there fishing. We got we went to the beach one day, so we got out of the bubble. Um but yeah, it it was kind of like uh, you know, uh groundhog day a little bit. She, <laughs> Once we were in the season, though, you know, you were playing every other day, so you had a routine practice, uh, get your, you know, game preparation the day before. We'd have a shoot-around on the day of a game, kind of um, get a move in a lot of shots of, you know, game plan. So, you know, we are playing every other day. We got into a pretty good routine, and um, I think for the most part, our team played really, really well um, throughout. You know, we, we had a one little glitch where we – lost a couple in a row, but then I think uh, with our players, that sort of got their attention. They got refocused and got on a really good run uh, all the way through the playoffs. But it, it was, it was, it was really uh, quite an experience to, um, to pull it off, you know? I mean, it's just an historical situation, unprecedented. And I think, you know, it was the, the WNBA just did an outstanding job to pull it off, as did the NBA. I mean, I think we followed, you know, a lot of, their protocols that followed in their footsteps. And just, there was a lot of a very good medical advice, just, just uh, logistical advice on how to pull this off. And kudos to our, our president, Kathy Engelbert and her staff to get it going and, and pull it off. It was, it was amazing. What did you all do to celebrate the win? Did you go to Disney World? <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, they had the champagne in the locker room. So. And then they, you know, they we just had a party at the hotel basically with a team. So and they, yeah, they 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 um play hard and they they can party hard as well. So they did. They deserve it. Yeah, what a memorable time! Not just oh, yeah. the bubble, but uh, yeah, the win. So congratulations again. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was fun. I mean, we played. I think we peaked at just the right time. We got you know the last. We won all six of our playoff games, and I think played really well. Uh, throughout with multiple contributions from you know, several players. So it was, it was very, very re rewarding um, championship this year, just, you know, with uh, considering everything that everybody's gone through this year. So your daughter is also a basketball coach at San Jose State University, right? Very much a family business. So <laughs> what have you tried to pass on to her and what, you know, have you taught her about this profession? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I, first of all, I uh, want to make sure she really wanted to do it because, you know, it's, it's hard and you, you go through, you know, you'll go through a lot of ups and downs and, 
you know, there's a lot of difficulties and, you know, every, every level you face some, you know, the different adversity and ways to overcome it. So, but she's been, I think really has really enjoyed it. You know, she's at, in a good, good um, situation in San Jose State, a good league that they're in. Obviously they're going through a lot of um, unprecedented things right now with, with uh, how they're approaching it with the, their season with COVID involved. So, um, but, you know, she's a student of the game, enjoys it. She, she enjoys working with the players. So I think she, you know, she got that from me that she loves to play. She was a really good player um, at Ventura College and as well as, as at Point Loma College. And I think she got done playing. She wanted to stay in the game. So fortunately, she was able to get in and work her way up coaching-wise and is uh, doing a really good job up there. So what's next for you as a coach? Do you plan to stay with the storm? How long will you be doing this? And, you know, what kind of coaching yeah. legacy do you want to have? Yeah, I'd like to keep, I'd, I'd love to keep coaching. I, you know, I mean, every it's kind of a year by year situation. Um, honestly, um, you, you know, you, with contracts and just the way everything goes. But, so I'm sure we'll be having those discussions. Obviously, this team, you know, it's a team you want to try to keep intact and keep your staff intact and keep trying to get better uh, with what you have. But I mean, it's it's a situation where, you know, you want to see if you can't come back out of this year and and, and repeat. Be be back up. Be, you know, get a repeat. Yeah, I mean, I think that's knowing our ownership group and our leaders. You know, our, our front office and how that's. What I would guess is how they, how they were thinking right now too. Do you spend any time in San Diego? I do. Yeah, I come down there down there quite often. I, uh, my kid, I have a couple of children that live in North County, San Marcos, um, and so I go down. I'll, I'll be in North County probably as soon as I feel like it's safe to start flying again. You know, maybe get down there. But definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely get down. Spend the same time in San Diego as well as Seattle. So. Do you uh, live mostly in Seattle now? I mean, probably. Yeah, I stay up there and, um, you know, kind of get, go back and forth a little bit, bounce around. And I'll do some, you know, do some clinics in the off season as well. So kind of bounce around. I haven't bought a home lately just because the last time I did that, uh, I was in the NBA and we got fired as soon as I bought a house. So I was like, oh, okay, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> it's not secure enough. So anyway. Coaching. Okay, so you, as, as we said, you went to La Jolla High School, you, you know, you do still have roots and ties here. And on this podcast, you know, we like to interview people, even if they don't live here right now, who have ties to San Diego. And we always end our episodes by uh, doing, you know, our podcast is called Name Drop San Diego. So we try and see if we can get a name drop out of our guests. Um, <laughs> is there someone in the San Diego community who you would say, you know, is really meaningful to you or that deserves the spotlight or just someone um, who you know, kind of had an impact on you. Yeah, man, it was, it's, you know, I grew up um, playing, you know, Bill Walton was, he was, I never played against him, but he was in town playing at the same time. And, you know, there was some, played baseball. And, you know, I remember going against John Diakisto and Terry Forster, those guys were, you know, major leaguers at, at the end. So, um you know, John Hannon was a guy we, you know, a legendary coach and at Madison we'd go against. And um, 
you know, I still have some friends, you know, I still have friends down there I stay, stay in touch with uh, as well. So, yeah, that it's, it's, you know, obviously San Diego's changed a lot since when I was a, a kid, but, um, and it's, it's still probably the, the best city in America. No hey. doubt. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a really fun conversation. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think that might have been our first champion podcast guest, uh, unless you count Ellen Ochoa, which of course is a champion because all astronauts are. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I love talking about sports, so hopefully we have more of those coming up. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. And if you think we should have more sports-related episodes, make sure to email us at namedropsd at gmail.com and tell us who we should invite on the show, even if it's not sports-related. We have new episodes every Tuesday with a different interesting person who lives in San Diego County or grew up here and has gone on to do something awesome. Check us out on social media at NameDropSD on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. See you next episode. Bye.